Welcome to the Business of Beverages, Drinks Industry Insights with Makers, Marketeers and Mischief. Hello and welcome to BizBev Pod's bi-weekly quiz where myself uh, and William P. Keating tackle each other in who can guess the beverage. I think everybody knows the score by now, so will we just crack into it, Will? Ask oh, let's go straight into it, Foxy. I love this newfound approach to you know direct marketing. Just go. Well, you, you know, we've interviewed a couple of entrepreneurs on the podcast lately and, you know, time is money. So let's <laughs> get, get straight to the point. Okay, let's go. All right. So, Will, do you want to ask the questions or answer the questions first? I'm going to ask the questions. Ooh. And I'm checking me out early. I'm teeing, I'm teeing you up for this one. I think you're going to get this one easily. All right. So you no know? pressure. Yeah, no pressure. But I, I, I'm, we're playing in your home patch here. Right. So for five points, this beer style was traditionally served in long neck bottles that were plugged, not with a cork, but with yeast. Oh, goodness. You just throw me right off there. Because when you said home territory, it's like it's going to be Corcoran's Cola from Carlo. Um, <laughs> no, it's beer, uh, beer, beer. You're a beer, beer guy. I, I am, but uh, I was expecting Corcoran's Cola from Carlo. So now I'm like thrown off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, do you know what? I was going to guess Orval, but didn't you do Orval the other week? So uh, A few months ago, yeah, I, I yeah. did. They, they all... Uh, Roll it one. I, I'm going to guess it is something Belgian, so I'm going to guess Chimay. No, not it's not Chimay, which actually has quite short neck bottles. Really, right. doesn't it? Oh, yeah. God, I forgot about that too. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so this is a style of beer now, not a brand. So okay. We, oh, we, sorry. We'd say right. that start. So that's style. So for four points, this style of beer was extinct for nearly 30 years and had a stuttering number of revivals before gaining popularity in both its homeland and eventually beyond. All right, so again, Homeland, I'm still thinking Belgium. Beyond, I'm thinking USA. <laughs> <laughs> the, the East thing has thrown me, and I know every beer fan is literally shouting at the podcast right now, but it has absolutely thrown me. No, um, no, I, I, I don't beat yourself up on that. I didn't know that. I'd never heard of okay. it. Um, but it, it was just kind of really interesting and curious to me that apparently there was secondary fermentation in the bottles and the, the way that they used to they used them was they used to uh, fill fill the bottles and then they would secondary fermentation would would essentially float a plug of yeast up to the top of the bottle the neck of the bottle and um, seal the bottle. I, I find that really hard to understand, but we're talking very super traditional. That's old old. It's not yeah. done nowadays. Uh, all right. Well, if if it was a beer style that was almost extinct, did you say fully extinct. Fully, fully extinct? fully extinct. Is it a saison? It is not a saison. Oh. It is not a saison. Uh, but you're because you're sticking to that sort of Belgian, you know, Flanders, mm. Northern France kind of territory. But this next clue for three points: this beer does not adhere to the Reinheitsgebot, the German beer purity law. Um, uh, it is in fact exempt as a regional speciality. Is it a vice beer? It, it is, but I, I I can't accept that as an answer. So I need, it's a specific type of beer, which is very associated with a particular region in Germany. It, it does have uh, malted wheat oh, as one of its main constituencies. Is it, is, it, is it a Goza? It is a Goza. Congratulations. Ah, Three points well go. earned. Phew. Oh. Um, 
I was relieved there. I'm very relieved. Very relieved. I, I, I'm feeling a little bit guilty about my three points because it was a second guess on, on the three-point clue. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, but no, no, we, no. A, a clarification, I would say, okay, because um, you, you would normally think of a goza as being um, a, a, a wheat beer, but it is, in fact. Um, for two points, uh, this is my personal uh, favorite part of the clues. Um, so this beer style led to what I think is the best description ever for a beer. I couldn't find it. I did try and Google it. But at some point, somebody told me that it, uh, Goza had been once described as beer that tasted like you had weegeed the sweat off the back of an East German coriander powder factory's uh, <laughs> worker's back. And I just thought, oh, my God, that's awful and brilliant at the same time. That is quite the tagline. Yeah. And, it, and it's also true. If you've ever tasted a Goza, it has salt. It has coriander. It is uh, slightly sour as well. So it, it's kind of it's a challenging drink. I, I quite like it. I, th- I think the the ingredients work really well on it. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, for one point, we would have told you that it was popular in Leipzig. Um, and this beer was flavored with salt, coriander, and has a distinct sourness from lactic acid bacteria and uh, is home to the most number of puns on a beer style name, um, probably than anything else. Yeah, the, the hops tend to get quite a few puns as well. Um, but yeah, go, goes, uh, if, if, especially when you start doing flavored ones, you can. Really go wild. It goes south, so to speak. Oh, uh, there you go. Three points. Well done. That was good. That was a, that was a good start. I, I'm also fairly confident you will get this one um, relatively easily as well. You see, playing it straight back at me there. <laughs> putting the pressure straight back on. We, we don't do this for competition. We do it for fun and education. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. As if yeah. I don't actually secretly have a, a, a spreadsheet going on who's actually ahead. I can see the giant wall chart behind you. It's like a big World Cup wall chart for the, the two little tabs move. <laughs> okay, well, let's kick off. Let's see see what see what I can do. Okay, well, for, are you ready for five points? Hopefully. Okay, so for five points, this brand describes itself as being remarkably balanced and refined, uh, whose length is inimitable and can be, cons- uh, sorry, can be conserved for over 20 years without losing its freshness or character. Oh my goodness! First of all, I think that is the debut appearance of the word "inimitable." I think it is uh, on this podcast. Um, wow. Okay, so its flavor can be preserved for twenty years. Indeed. So they claim. <sighs> so they claim. Okay, you're gonna have to. Can you give me the first bit again, please? Okay. Described as remarkably balanced and refined, whose length is inimitable, and it can be conserved for over 20 years without losing its freshness or character. God almighty. What would you keep for 20 years? Uh, so I'm kind of led to think automatically about a wine, but that doesn't sound like how, you know, like a classic Bordeaux that you might lay down for a period of time would describe itself. But I, I'm, I'm going to guess a Grand Cru Bordeaux wine. That's, that's not a bad guess at all, Will. It, it's not the right answer, but that is not a bad guess. Uh, but this, this 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 might help. Um, don't don't stray too far outside your territory there. But the, this one might help narrow it down a little bit further. It was originally created in 1876 to satisfy the very very demanding tastes of Tsar Alexander II. Ooh. Oh. Uh-huh. 
So I'm, I was thinking, was there something like, you know, a, a Russian Imperial Stout, but I don't think that's it. Baltic Porter, no. Um, okay, I'm gonna. Now, I'm gonna go with Russian Imperial Stout, even though I think I'm I'm straying too far from my territory, which is exactly what you told me not to do. Yes, you, you've completely ignored me. You've gone way too far <laughs> out of territory. It's it's not a Russian Imperial Stout. Let's 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 edge it back uh, with, with this clue. With it, this this should start narrowing it down location wise a little bit for you. The the house of Louis Roderer or La Maison de Louis, Louis Roderer only produces this product when the Chardonnay and Pinot Noir grapes have reached perfect maturity. It is then aged for six years in the cellars. Okay, so we almost certainly are talking about a champagne. We are now. Are we talking about? Uh, I'm just going to go with with my gut instinct. It says Cristal. It is Cristal. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Yeah. You got it. Nailed it. Yeah. So actually, I could have, if I'm looking back, the freshness that that you described, um, you know, and the balance that and the pretentious description. Um, all point towards champagne. So, so it, keeping it for twenty years pointed towards wine. Freshness and balance pointed towards champagne. And if I'd have been smart, I, I might have got it, but I wasn't that smart. Well, I actually thought the word that if you had it focused on would have directed you to champagne quicker was length. Yeah. That when people describe tasting champagne, they do speak of the length of it. Well, well done. Great, great, uh, great, great choice. Uh, what were the other clues? So for two points, I would have asked you, uh, I would have said that although it was previously beloved by hip-hop stars such as 50 Cent, Most F, and Kanye West, it is no longer a staple on the hip-hop scene after Jay-Z accused the brand of racism in 2006 and actually started his own champagne brand off the back of it. Yes, and I wonder what motivated Jay-Z to start his own uh, champagne brand. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, he, he did start a champagne brand a good number of years after he uh, accused the brand of racism. I'm not going to get in that fight. I don't know anything about it. Um, well, uh, basically, the uh, head of sales at the time did, was asked about its popularity with the hip-hop community and said, well, we can't choose who we sell to. I find it very curious. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but as during my research, it turns out that Cristal only sells about 15% of its stock to the US. So, yeah. not no skin off their nose, ultimately. Yep. Exactly, and for one point, uh, the the name comes for the, the name of this champagne uh, is named after the crystal clear bottle it is served in. There you go. I did not know that. Um, well done. Great, uh, great clues. Yeah, there you go. That was a good one. So three, three, uh, three, three. Um, or have we come up with a name yet for a three, three draw? No, not yet. Uh, so if anybody out there uh, wants to suggest a name for a three, three draw, or in fact suggest some questions for a quiz, get us at bizbetpod at gmail if you want to come in and host a quiz, that could be even more fun. Yeah, I would. You trust anybody to steer this ship other than you? No, but imagine that neither of us knew any of the clues. <sighs> that could get exciting. Thank you for listening to the Business of Beverages. It's been our pleasure to bring you this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe and recommend us to one other friend or colleague. As ever, we are independently produced and self-funded. So we appreciate your support in listening, sharing, or reviewing this podcast. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter, where we go by at BizBevPod. If you'd like to support us further, 
you can find us on buymeacoffee.com forward slash bizbevpod. Hold on, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> a dramatic piano. I still don't think it's a dramatic piano. It's a melancholy <laughs> piano. <laughs> okay, it's gone. You're on. It is quite it is quite nice though.